Well, hello, everybody. It's Stefan Satani from a Comedy Advice Podcast, and I'm here to dish up another tasty episode for y'all to get it in your bellies. But careful, it's hot. Okay, now that it's cooled down, I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview. Today, I have the amazing Craig Conant. He is a hilarious comedian, and we get into a lot of things like how he got into comedy, how he stopped doing a massive amount of drugs, how he gets his adrenaline fix from dodgeball, from stand-up, and how he's gotten so good at it so quickly. And we also talk about his podcast, Community Service, which I am a huge fan of. He, we also talk about his shows. He's been crushing it in L.A., and he's been touring a little bit before COVID happened, and now he's back on the road. He was in Minnesota about a week ago, and he's coming to Phoenix. So I've got the link in the show notes if you guys want to check out that show. He also shares a delightful poop story. So stay tuned for that. You guys are going to have a blast. Before we get into it, I just wanted to say thank you. If this is your first time, welcome. Really appreciate having you. Say hi, drop a note, subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. I really appreciate it, and I love all of the love that's been pouring in from all of you fans. So I am a fan of you. I'm a fan fan. Now, I know you're asking, Stefan, I've already followed you on Instagram. I've left a review. I've subscribed. I've told my whole family about you. What else can I do? How else can I support you? I'm so glad you've asked, Christine. What you can do is you can also support me through Patreon. And so you can go to the link in the show notes. And for as little as two cents a day, you support me, help me fulfill my dream of getting these, continuing to get these amazing guests and make better sounding audio for you crystal clear. Do you hear my voice? It sounds amazing. That's thanks to you guys. And I'm, I want to make it sound even more amazing. I want, I want to turn into Stefan. I don't want to be Stefan anymore. I want to be Stefan. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Stefan. See, doesn't that sound better? And through the help of money, I can do that. So for as little as two cents a day, you guys can support me on Patreon. And you guys, in return, get better sounding podcasts, bonus content. You get early release episodes. And it's all ad-free. So if you guys haven't done it and you want to do it, head on over to Patreon. Guys, that's it. I'm tapped for the intro. So we're going to get into the main course. Here we go. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for deaf and, and friends. To make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Seven? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast. My name is Stefan Sitani, and I'm your host. Joining me today, we've got a very special host. He was recently selected by the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival as a new face, and his appearance on MTV's Greatest Party Story Ever Told has won acclaim for his unique voice. In the stand-up scene, he's made a name for himself while sharing the stage alongside his buddies Bobby Lee, Theo Vaughn, Michael Yo, and more. He also has a hilarious and insightful podcast called Community Service. Everybody, please welcome Craig Conant. Yay! <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, bud. How are you? Oh, it's I'm fantastic over here. I think we hit 116 in Phoenix today. Temperature wise, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in uh, one week, July 23rd through the 26th. 
That's right. At the House of Comedy, if you guys are wanting to go, link's going to be in the show notes. Yeah, we got it covered. But have you ever, have you been to Phoenix in the summertime yet? Yes, I did a uh, stand-up live. Sorry, I farted. I don't know if you're No, no, no. I'm happy about it. I'm glad that you're getting comfortable here. This is good. <laughs> dude i'm italian my mom makes the rigatoni it just comes right out i i i know what you're <laughs> it's stinky anyway I did. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh amazing start i love it did you hear it i heard it i felt it i'll tell you what anyways i did stand up live with michael yo Oh, nice, nice. In the heat of the, or in the, the yeah. middle of the Phoenix oh, summer. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Rickety, crickety, bro. What was that? Uh, I don't think Instagram, it was so long ago, Instagram didn't even have a story. I remember going on my Snapchat and somebody put their pants on the ground. It was just pants, jeans in the middle of the street. And I was like, look, it got so hot, somebody took their pants off and just said, fuck it. It is a common occurrence over here in yeah. Arizona. Sometimes you just got to ditch the pants. It's illegal now. So I think it was, it was 116 or 118. I remember swiping on the little filters and it said the temperatures. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it is rough over here. But we are, as Phoenicians, excited to have you. We're going to give you a hot welcome. Really pumped for you to come July 23rd, House of Comedy. But I was going to ask, too, so... You've been doing comedy for, what is it, seven years now? Stand-up seven years. but uh, I did improv before stand-up because I was terrified of stand-up. And I went through the program at the Second City uh-huh. uh, in Hollywood, not uh-huh. Chicago. And then I uh, kind of floated around for a year and I did UCB and I met a stand-up comic named Grant Lyon. And he just kind of helped me and was like, you just got to go do it. You, you got to. He said in kind words, like, stop being a little bitch and jump in the water. And I thank God I listened. And then I've been doing it ever since. And that's when I, like, really started doing it. Because the first three years I did it, like, I don't know, like, four times, you know. I always would try it. I try it, like, once every six months. And I was just terrified of it, you know. Damn. It's scary. I'm still scared of it. (laughs) It is scary. And I just have to say, I usually have a segment in the show called the compliment shower where I try and get my guests a little wet with some compliments. But I'll start off with you, just just a little sprinkle. I saw some of your stand-up set from seven years ago, and then I saw from a year ago, and you have grown so much. You are a killer. And I mean, I know that you've, I I listed off a bunch of names and there are so many more that you've done stand-up with, but I feel like you've, your voice has changed, your intonation, your delivery for jokes. It's just incredible. And I can't wait to see you. And I think that um, even though it's something that's really scary, I'm glad that you went with it because I think that it's an example of if you don't give into your fears, you can grow into something great. Thank you, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to dive in, and in your voice. I remember, and I've seen it too. It's like at first I was shy and timid, like, "Hey, that," you know. And then you just, you know, you hit puberty and your balls drop. (laughs) (laughs) No, and then you just you just get your voice, and you just you just do it every every night of your life or as much as possible. Yeah. And then you know, like anything, you're just going to get comfortable doing it. 
and I, you know, I still have a ways to go, but I'm finally able to be like, I, I can do this. You know, I just, it took a decade. <laughs> hey, hey, it happened though. And I was going to say to Grant Lyon, I think I listened to that episode where he was on your podcast and he introduced you to stand up and dodgeball. Is that right? Yes. Yes. He saved my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sober and I swear to God, I'm uh, hard. The, the reason I believe I'm still sober and why it's pretty relatively easy for me almost most most of the time is because I have uh, healthy outlets that fill the void and I, I I went to the program a lot in the beginning but I kind of just phased out of that but I uh, kept doing stand-up and then dodgeball and then not playing dodgeball during this damn pandemic I think might hurt more than not doing stand-up I, I know that sounds crazy dang I, I freaking love dodgeball it's so fun dude like it's just dude you're just out there hucking ball guys are throwing balls 75 80 miles an hour at your face Jesus. from 12 feet away 20 feet away there's 20 20 bodies on 20 bodies seven balls on the court you just feel like a little kid again i'm literally yipping and hooting and hollering just like <laughs> laughing i love it though like i got hit in the face in the first like 12 seconds of my first game and i was like oh this is it this is home like i'm done damn damn you hit your buddy right in the dick and you go, oh you know and it's just the best <laughs> shit and i will never take it easy like if it's a new booty or a brand new person they're like be easy i'm like oh 110 percent you're the type of guy where you're on the offensive line you're not in the back just waiting for oh no I'm, I, I, I play very stupidly <laughs> I'm the guy that runs up in war and just tries to shoot everybody, but dies every time, but doesn't care. Like two or three guys. I don't care. I don't care. It's so fun. It's uh, so I make so many stupid mistakes, but it's just worth it. I'm like, I don't care. I got two of you. It was worth it. (laughs) That's awesome. And you know what? It's a good way. If it weren't for the people like you, then the games wouldn't be won. Because I feel like (laughs) you need that martyr to to go out and sacrifice himself for the the others to go in and make that good shot. So I I remember uh, you just made me remember a memory. I was it was like a championship game. There's leagues and it gets pretty competitive. And even though it's 30 something playing dodgeball, it's, it's, it's it's people get crazy. And it was like, uh, I was the last one left and I was against like uh, three or four people. Mm-hmm. And the captain called the timeout and he said, all right, because I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good, you know, yeah. and I've I'm, uh, been playing a while. I played sports and I, I know I got a noodle arm, but I, I got a little cannon in here. I played baseball <laughs> my whole life. And then anyways, it's like, just play smart. Don't play aggressive. Don't do what you normally do. And, and I was like, all right, man, no problem. The first four seconds, I run up to the line, I peg a guy, but when I do it, they snipe me and hit my booty. And I was like, oh, he's like, I told you to play safe. I, like, I, I, just, I just saw red. I was like, kill them all. I can't do this. Within seconds, dude, I didn't even give it 30 seconds. Just literally went. Rah. Oh, my God. It was like a dog chasing cars. I was like, okay, I won't. And it was too late. It was too late. Lost the game. The bloodlust has had gone over you, and you were I just, it's, ready to kill. It's, it's so fun, but I, you know, I think I do love stand up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's just, it's neck and neck, man. It's close. Yeah, they both keep me alive, keep me sane, keep me sober. 
since and I was gonna ask too, since quarantine, I know you're getting back out now, doing more stand up now that things are opening back up. But how was it without dodgeball, without um, oh, dude, stand up? Yeah. The sobriety was tested. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, it's, I'm never gonna drink and do like hard drugs again. But I, I couldn't help but think I was like, if if marijuana was ever made for something it's quarantine you know shit yeah yeah Yeah, it just goes hand in hand i I had yet to partake but uh i've never really been a hundred percent against weed i smoked weed for 17 years of my life and it it saved me from other Mm -hmm. harsher chemicals you know that's how i kind of like weaned off harder stuff with weed yeah probably unconventional in rehabs but it truly saved me from like oxycontin and, and cocaine and whatnot and uh so I know, I know weed's not, it's not like a real drug, but it still can ruin your life. You know, I was just smoking all day, every day. And, uh, I say this all the time, but I literally, it would make mailing a letter like a, a, a an impossible task. It's like, all I have to do is drop this and I just smoke OG Kush and eat cereal or whatever and not do it. And then be like, and it just messed. I'm that kind of guy though. Like I, I smoke like Snoop Dogg. But I'm not Snoop Dogg, you know, so I just uh, wouldn't do shit. <clears throat> just like dodgeball, you're you're all in. It's like yeah, I'm all in, front, man. I'm front lines, kind of guy. yeah. Gosh, well, that, that's it's really cool that you've gotten sober and that you've found these creative ways to be able to express yourself. I know that stand up. I know the um, dodgeball. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the podcast too, community service. That's, oh yeah, that helps too. Yeah, for sure. And and that's how I first heard of you because I I love listening to podcasts. Now that I'm in quarantine and working from home and everything, I've listened to less because I'm just driving less and everything like that. But I heard your podcast, Community Service. The first episode was with Rafi Bastos, the Brazilian guy. Nice, dude. I was cracking up because at first I was like, oh man, this guy's really high. But then I found out that's just the way you talk. But it's, oh, yeah. But but it's awesome. It, I was cracking up the whole time. Your humor is it's hilarious. And then Rafi Bastos was funny too. And so I was there for the giggles. But then I also got these undertones of your story where you started as I listened to episode after episode, you would let in some details of some more serious things like your your um, drug abuse or how you got sober, um, things that happened to you, uh, how you got arrested by uh, throwing fireworks under a <laughs> sheriff horse. <laughs> I love firecrackers, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that it, it was so cool that this podcast is a work of art, I think, because it's got the funny on top. It's just the, the beautiful cherry on top. It's got the seriousness. And I know that sometimes you bring on guests where um, you'll talk about drug addiction or things like that you staying sober them if if they are if they're not whatever and then the intro too i think i didn't realize it until a couple weeks ago where i guess maybe i have headphones on instead of the car speakers but i heard the firecrackers pop yeah and then you say oh shit and then the music kind of sounds like police sirens so a buddy of mine made that for me he just sent it to me i didn't uh know him well at that time and he's like hey i made you some music and then Greg Samanato, I don't know if I did his last name right, but he, uh, I think he's, he's dabbling in stand-up too, but he, when I met him, he was a music man, and he's like, yo, I made all these beats for you, and he gave me like four beats, and I used two, the intro and the outro. Nice. Yeah. 
Shout out to Greg Simonatro because that was that was very good. But yeah, dude, it's an awesome podcast. I love listening to it. I know a lot of other people do too. But how did you get started with the podcast? What kind of? Um... I always knew I should be doing it, and then uh, I just was lazy and kind of <laughs> did not have a fan base, and was like, "Why am I going to do a podcast and invest time, energy, and money to get forty views?" You know. Yeah. And then the laugh actually posted my stand up and I, and I got like 10, 15,000 followers like, like that, like overnight in two, three days. And I was like, Oh shit, I need something. You got to feed the, all, all the people want is content. And I was like, Oh, I got to do a podcast. And then I just, I just buckled down and started it uh, nice. as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, it all came together. It's just kind of what you said, just, kind of about sobriety but also not really it doesn't have to be yeah. just silly silly mm-hmm. shit was with speaking of shit with a good poop story at the end <laughs> yeah. my initial plan dude was to have it only be about shit shitting your pants <laughs> i would listen to that too that's pretty entertaining no, but a friend of mine he's like okay after 30 minutes of one episode what are you gonna do after that i was like Oh, good point. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll just make it a segment, you know. That that was pretty good. I, I like that the poop story where all your guests they share a poop story because it kind of de- not dehumanizes, sorry, it it humbleizes everybody. Humble, yeah. Kind of puts us all on the same level. Oh, it dehumanizes you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of fucking animals oh, with these yeah. stories. <laughs> but I, I don't. I haven't heard your poop story yet. Are you kidding? I told so many. Really? I, I have so much. I <laughs> shit my pants. I traded those two times. I shit my pants all over the walls when I was a little kid because I ate a jalapeno. Oh, I've told stories, bro. I've shit my pants. Uh, I shit all over a church because uh, I was on cocaine. I ran out of a party. That's a good one. Maybe I'll tell that one. That was I was at a house party. I did coke cut with baby laxative. Oh and no! Makes you poop real bad, and it was a long line. It was a house party. It was a Halloween house party. It, I was a loan officer at that time, so this is young money. This is hot guys, hot girls. Everyone's partying, getting fucked up, and there's a long line in the one bathroom in the house party. And I was like, okay, I did the bump, and I was like, uh oh, that's baby laxative. I gotta go, and it's cocious. I, you don't, I don't know. You don't look like a coke guy, but it it cleans your insides out. It's like animal style. And I was like, either I'm going to cut the line and and just bomb the bathroom and piss everybody off. Or I'm going to run down the street and shit in the bushes. I chose B. I ran down the street to shit. And keep in mind, it's Halloween. I'm in like these skin tight bell bottoms, uh, open shirt. I'm 70s guy. I have platform heels, like but like clogs that are like, I swear I got six inch platform boots. Oh, and I'm God. running down the street. I go to shit in this one stranger's house he pulls up as i'm shitting it's like these two essay fools and i'm and then then i'm like oh no and then i I just uh pretend like i'm drunk and i was pissing on the wall pull up you know i was like sorry i'm pissing i'm at the party and i was i thought i was gonna get my shit beat down because you know i'm trying to shit on their front lawn you know so and i i I, they were cool they left me alone and then i grabbed their newspaper and i just ran to a church the stairs and i just shit all over the stairs and i i pissed myself because when you squat your dick just sprays and i just pissed all over my shit oh and, no 
I wipe with the toilet, the, the toilet, the toilet paper, <laughs> and then I, uh, I went, I, I pissed everywhere. So I thank God I, I had a change of clothes because it was Halloween and I, I, I was, I was in Huntington. I was crashing at my buddy's house. Yeah. And then I uh, came back in like jeans and a t-shirt, not as seventies guy anymore. And everyone was like, I said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody, you know? And then as the second anyone asked me, I was like, oh, I shit all over the place and pissed myself when I changed. And they're like, oh, and I was like, yeah, there you go, bro. There's a poop story. So, I mean, at the end of the story, happy ending, though, because you kind of. I had to change clothes. Yeah, you had to change your clothes. I think that's a good life lesson. Well, good. I think that is a good story to lead us into the self-help portion of the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and get into that. And we're going to start off with a quote to inspire us to answer these questions. Now, before I get into the quote that I have, I want I like to ask our guests if they have any quotes that are really inspirational to them that help them through dark days. Do you have any, Craig, that help inspire you? Yeah, that what you do in the dark comes out in the light. Oh, I like or that. Older taught me that one. His grandma taught it to him. I like that. Being so close to the poop story you just told, I just thought of all the shits you took in lawns and churches. Yeah. So, that's... You want to get sober, shit in a church parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's my quote. That's awesome. That's a good quote. I like that. Now, we're going to decipher a quote. It's very inspirational. It, it's a, it doesn't come from a person. It actually comes from a robot. And the robot is called InspiRobot. And what it does is it uses AI to take the wisest words known to man and just mush them together. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and understand what it means. Make sense? Yeah, I just don't like robots. I've seen Terminator too many times. This this one's a friendly robot, I think. Yeah. I think No, still no trust. I don't trust none of them. This one's <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the quote real quick and then we'll decipher it. So, this week Inspirobot says, <clears throat> "Enjoy the question." Not the smell. It's spiral bots on drugs. That makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little goofy. It makes me think, though. Have you ever farted and it's kind of funny, but you don't want anybody to say anything? You're trying to keep it secret. And then somebody says, who farted? And you, it makes you laugh. You're enjoying the question, not the smell. But I... I enjoy the smell too. Man. <laughs> Shit. If it's mine, if it's mine, I'm like, oh, if it's that, that, that garlic bulbs in there, <laughs> that's some rigatoni in there. <laughs> enjoy the question, not the smell. Maybe that's also if if you're with a very beautiful woman, and time comes where you guys might get a little romantic. And she says, do you want to make out? But as she speaks to you, she's got garlic breath or some bad breath that you're not really digging. Just ignore the smell. Don't let that sense deprive you of your other sensory pleasures. Bad breath. Bad. It's a bad one, man. Really? Is bad breath a deal breaker? It's a deal breaker. I got mints everywhere. No, it's not a deal breaker, but it's it's just a, it's a rough one. You know, you're just like, oh, you're pretty, but <laughs> yeah yeah it is tough do you think it's offensive to give if if they do have bad breath be like hey do you want a breath mint uh girls yeah my buddies i tell them all the time 
I don't know why stand-up comedians, just so many of them have bad breath. I'm like, dog, like, go to the dentist. What are you doing? You've had bad breath for five years now. Stop it. Oh, I always have mints, and I always used to hand them out. I don't know how that's going to be after COVID, you know. Oh, I don't yeah. like gum. I'm a mint man. Oh, yeah. I like mints, too, because then it's just gone. It's it's simple. Yeah. You're done. You know, yeah. And some of the gum sticks to one of my fake tooth in the back right there. Oh, no. Does it pull it out? I don't know. It's not good. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, we're going to go, I think we've deciphered the quote, so we're going to go on into the questions. We've got this question. It's from Reddit. It's found by our fan, Paul. Thank you, Paul. It says, dad won't let me shave. So I am a 14 year old male that hit puberty since I was 11 or something. And I have grown a lot of body hair these years. I never touched it because my parents won't let me. All of my friends have this clean, good looking body. Well, I look like a fucking monkey because of my hair. Now, I have talked to my dad about shaving, but he keeps telling me not to shave it because it will grow thicker. He did this when he was young, and he still tries to keep me away from doing it, but I really want to look like one of those movie dudes, or just regular dudes that don't have to be ashamed to take their shirts off. Help? Uh, that sounds like you got some overbearing parents. Who gives a shit whether you shave it or not? Do whatever the hell you want, young man. Just shave it off. What are they going to do? They're going to make it grow back? It's going to grow back. Yeah, that's true. So maybe sneak off. Save your nutsack, young man. Do what you got to do. Manscape. <laughs> do Do you have a hairy? Ch- this is a weird question for. No, guess. I have no hair. I mean, this is this. I got. Damn. I took. I didn't grow facial hair till I was like twenty six. It looks good though. It looks very built it, out. It finally filled in enough. It's still not like. I don't, I shave like once a month. I'm not a, it doesn't grow fast. It's not thick. It's like soft. It's not super stubbly and prickly. Mm-hmm. Weird. I don't know. I've oh, been, I've been that... taking my hormone, but yeah, look at like, I do not shave my arms. I have no hair on my arms. Dude, smooth as a baby's bottom. That's amazing. Good for you, man. That's well. Yeah. So anyway, shave is what you're saying though. Just go ahead yeah. and do it. Yeah, dude, do it. What are they going to do? And I guess that's a myth. It does grow back in thicker, but I feel like it does grow back in thicker. So it's, but if you want to do that, that's your right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You want thick chest hair the rest of your life. Maybe you could, yeah, maybe you could just be happy with your body and just not shave and just live with it. Because I feel like he's, he's trying to compare himself to the movie dudes and all of his friends with nice, smooth bods. Tell him to watch any movie with Tom Selleck. Oh, there you go. Throwback. Any, yeah. any movie from the 80s, practically. Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds, look at their chest. Now, that's a man. That is, that's a man. That's a true man's chest. And if you want, you could take a little piece off the chest and then glue it on your on your yeah. upper lip so you could get a nice yeah. mustache. Be a true man. That's nice true. nipple hair and mustache. Call it a day. <laughs> oh, God. It's a little peach fuzzy and scraggly and shit. Hot, but I like it. Okay, good. Question two from Reddit. This is from our fan Francis. It says, what's the best way to ask a girl to be my girlfriend while watching fireworks? Hmm. I figured this might be a good question for you, Craig, since you've dealt a lot in the works of fire. Uh, Maybe afterwards because she's like oh 
you know, uh, just saw a good show and is happy. Oh. Like right when it's over, be like, you like that? All right, well, I'm just like a firework. I'm explosive. You want to date me? Come on. Oh, damn. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to pop that top, baby. Did you see the grand finale? That's nothing. Let's go to the movies. <laughs> Let's go to the movies. That's way less. <laughs> just bring it down but then yeah. she still has that firework high and yeah. then what she wants to, oh that's a great idea though because then she might get bored at the movies and then she'll want to make out so yeah, i like that i i thought take charge of the fireworks show bring your own fireworks and make your own show that's better uh, yeah i, I erased my answer <laughs> i got some firecrackers in my drawer behind me um, oh my god, I love fireworks! But I, you said they're at a show, you know. You know what? Make your own you show within a show. show Do the show. You're it's, right. You're right. You got to go to the hood. Take her to the hood. Take her to the hood and put on a show. I say that because if you light off fireworks in good neighborhoods, you're going to get arrested. I know from experience. And if you go to the hood, everyone's doing it, and it's the time of your life, and it's just uh, it's the, it's the funnest shit ever. Or a state where it's legal. California is a weak state, and we don't allow fireworks. Probably because we're on fire every other day. <laughs> wait, wait, you guys don't allow fireworks of any kind? Some cities allow fireworks, but it's extremely limited. I mean, like little sparklers that are three feet high. Mm. Nothing that shoots in the air. Nothing that goes boom. I believe they even made sparklers illegal. Some kid burnt his hand and his mom sued. And it's like, it's fireworks, you know? Mm. Like, why do you got to ruin it? Yeah, Spark. that and kid should be punished. I understand the tube with the bulb and it shoots. Okay, I can understand that. But a sparkler, like you made that illegal? That's literally the ones for the little kids. That's Anyways. Bullshit. It's so limited and they're not good. And uh, But you just, they're just, uh, illegal ones are almost more rampant than legal ones. Uh, it's because you just go out of state or, or you know, the, I'm sure some longshoremen are smuggling it in or someone, you know what I mean? The container full of Hiding it under fire. some mackerel. Just, hey, you want some fireworks? Yeah. Lifting them under some fish. Happy. I'm sure the ports just get a container of fireworks and it gets distributed. I don't know who or what does it, but I know it's everywhere. And it's awesome. And I'm grateful because I buy it. I like, yeah. I was going to say, too, I'm surprised that California doesn't have a lot of them legal because Arizona, I was surprised. I just moved back here a couple years ago from New York, but I saw at Costco, they have these big bundles of fireworks. Now, granted, they're not the huge shoot them up in the sky type thing, but they're things that yeah. could start a fire easily. And we live in nature's match. You Just yeah. one spark could light us off. So I'm surprised. But. I mean, in the forest areas, obviously, they should be highly illegal and don't do that. You're a piece of shit because you're going to burn down half of California. But in the city area, it's just cement. It's like it's not, you know. It's just cement and people. I mean, you, you can't really harm you can't much. Like brick on fire. Like, or I mean, you know, I mean, asphalt. And yeah. also, it's, it's, I don't know if you saw the videos, Los Angeles uh, illegal fireworks, but it was several viral videos with millions of views. And it's just. A, there was probably a million dollars worth of illegal fireworks lit off and it's like you can't stop it so just why don't you sell it and profit off it jeez i posted the video i retweeted it it's 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 unreal i mean from like seven to two in the morning it was just non-stop god 
Dang. It was insane. Do you think there's going to be just like there's a drug task force? There might be a firework task force. That would be. I mean, they've been saying that every sick. year of my life, and I have yet to see. I mean, in the good neighborhoods where they're highly illegal and it's fancy schmancy, yeah, that happens. But in, in the, you just go to Wilmington, Inglewood, Carson, Long Beach, Compton, just go over there and you'll have the time of your life. The whole block's lighting off fireworks. Everyone's having fun. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm sure maybe one guy got arrested probably because he threw firecrackers at police on horses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Don't be that guy and you're fine, you know? Wait, I, I, I have to ask. I, I saw your stand-up bit on it too, which was genius, but why directly under the horse? Did it just accidentally shoot that way or... No, see, okay, that uh, that's the only part of the story I altered. I actually was drunk, lit firecrackers, threw them on the ground, then looked up, <laughs> then saw the posse of sheriffs on horses and went, oh, man, I fucked up. But it was never directly underneath them. The media just changes shit, you know, and they was like, this will sound like a better story. Mm. The cops said that I did that, but yet they didn't even know it was me who did it, and I actually had to walk past them like they're walking this way i was walking that way mm -hmm. and then some guy ratted me out pointed at me i ran off and they got me but they didn't even actually see me do it and it was not it was like maybe 30 40 feet away from them but uh you know the newspaper writes what they write and the cops say what they say but the reality of the situation i was just a dumb drunk fuck who threw firecrackers on the ground looked up and saw a goddamn battalion of sheriffs and i was just like oh fuck fuck I fucked oh. up real bad oh man real man. bad that, yeah that must have been a real sobering moment oh oh man. yeah i just said i said to myself if i make it past this and get away with it i was like i'm done like i'm not doing drugs anymore you know you pray and you bargain with god and then i got arrested i was like well fuck you man i'm gonna drink drug for a while <laughs> <laughs> did I, you I, that did change me damn i farted <laughs> did you shit uh, your pants in the story or no this was a, no, a clean no. one that was a clean one nice i was in jail and i had four charges on me it was assault against a horse officer which is not even a joke that's a real thing <laughs> what it's a felony yep that's a thing i'm not kidding assault on a horse officer assault on an officer detonation of explosive devices and possession of explosive devices and uh yeah, I w if I didn't have a mom that loved me and bailed me out and I got a lawyer, I would have probably got two years and probably only served six months. L.A. County is pretty uh, overpopulated. Anyways, uh, I uh, was in jail and I was like, that, as I always wanted to get sober and I always wanted to do stand-up. I said, I'm going to get sober. I'm going to do stand-up. And I did just that. It took, it took some – it was a process that took like maybe uh, – like three four years to get sober and three years to do stand-up that's when i was doing the improv that time got it got it got it okay i was like maybe i'll just have a, a beer or two at the bar yeah right if you're an addict you're an addict there's no one or two that's you know it's All funny in. it's funny too you're not the only person that i've had on the show that's gotten into improv as a starter for stand-up and i've never heard it the other way around does improv just really suck or What's the deal with no, improv? Okay, everyone hates on improv, and improv can be awful. 
Uh, but when improv is done by professionals like Keegan Michael Key and 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 uh, who's the man that just passed? I saw him perform. Will, hang on. Smith. No, although he is not doing so well. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's not doing so hot with Jada. Dude, he just passed. Fred Willard. Fred Willard, not Will. Fred oh, okay. Willard. I saw Fred Willard, Keegan Michael Key, uh, uh, Joshua Funk. This is a long time ago. But just like people, Larry Joel Campbell, he's on, uh, all these guys are in TV and they've been in 50 million things. You just don't know it. You know, you're just like, oh, that guy, you know, I know right, him. Right, right. When you see guys like that, that have been doing it 20 years improv, it's the most brilliant genius shit you've ever seen in your life. It's might be better than stand up because you're just blown out. You're there to make it all up. Hmm. You know, it's unreal when it's done at that level like tj jagodowski and and freaking uh i don't know the anw guys anyways yeah. at that level but when it's not at that level it can be some of the most cringeworthy god-awful shit you want to stab your eyeballs with. it's it's kind of like porn if you think about it if you just have people that are really good at doing it literally <laughs> It's it's nice analogy, but <laughs> it's nice to watch. Um, very gratifying. But if you watch amateurs do it, it it is kind of you want to stick your eyeballs. I'll I'll let you. That's your analogy. <laughs> I've never seen porn. I just from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's. Uh, I did because I was scared to stand up, and it's just really weird and ironic. Now I have an act and I have jokes, and I'm terrified of improv. Really? I, yeah, because there's no script. It's nothing. You just wing it. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's no jokes. I don't, I worked hard on these jokes, but what's, I think why people do improv first is because you're on a team. You don't, you're not alone. It's mm-hmm. you and two or three or four or even eight other people on stage doing a scene. Yeah. So if it fails and you tank and you bomb, it's on everybody. Whereas stand up, you're alone, you're naked, you're exposed, you're a raw nerve. You're just like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. But hey, I mean, you get, you do flex your improv muscle a little bit on your podcast. Yeah. So that's... Well, I'm, I'm glad I did it that way just because when you learn improv and, and the, you know, the rules, there are no rules, but guidelines, it's yes and, you just carry the bit, which is great for live, great for podcasts, great for stand-up, you know, mm-hmm. just... Uh, as opposed to just being on script, saying your jokes. If if something pops up, if a guy farts or a waitress drops a tray of drinks, you can adapt. And I've seen people that don't, you know, they don't acknowledge it and they just bury down in their set. I'm like, how do you, how you, you got to acknowledge some crazy shit that just went down. You know, it's a, yeah. So it, it definitely helped me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> that happened to me where, I was doing I was doing stand up at the House of Comedy and I ended up messing up a little bit because people were talking so loudly. I was new, I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how to react to it. So my improv yeah. muscle was weak. It atrophied. It's, it happens. It still happens. It's like one of the shows every, I I did six shows. Five were awesome. One was rough as shit, dude. Really? And, Oh my God, it was so hard. Everybody bombed. And uh, I just kept getting interrupted. And I, and I you know, oh. I played with it and did okay. 
but then like uh, one of the times like just shut up <laughs> you know like Dude. but that's not good for comedy <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. like, it's weird and you're like god damn it now it's weird and uh you know anyways it was just a rough show it just happens yeah i'm not selling out every damn show yet Yes, maybe. That's the attitude. I, I like it. I sold out one show, but it was because of COVID's 40% capacity. <laughs> <laughs> Still sold out though, bro. Hey, that counts for something though. Yeah. Thank you, COVID-19, for the one blessing. I sold my first show out. <laughs> <laughs> 40%. Nice. I think you could chalk it up to sold out because yeah. 60% of the people are probably afraid to go anyway. So you know, the manager told me, he's like, this one sold out because of the limited allowance. You know, oh. it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't really sold out. They had its seats almost 400, but they were allowed to sell 150 tickets and they sold 150 tickets. Got so it. I sold it out. But by default, by the COVID-19 default. Got it. You got, the, yeah, but, the, uh, the COVID handicap. I like still it. Still counts, baby. Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> Still counts. Yeah, you don't have to leave in that Can't detail. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. All right. We've got our very last question, and then it'll be time to say adieu. But this question is from Reddit by our fan Ruben. They sent it in. How can I move my sex toys to my new apartment without my mother discovering them? So I don't own a whole lot of stuff outside my clothes and computer and homely collection of sex toys, including a sizable dildo. My mom is helping me move. How can I smuggle these to my new apartment without my mother stumbling across a punnet for vibrators? Wrap them in newspaper, put them in a duffel bag, and in the middle of the night, put them in your trunk without your mom seeing it. Because if your mom finds that big dildo, She's going to steal it from you because she's a horny old hag. No, I'm, just oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, jokes, just jokes, just joking. But yeah, everything but the, but the, but the, but the bit at the end. Um, yeah. Wrap it in newspaper, put it in a duffel bag, put it in your trunk. Don't let mama near that trunk or, you know, put yeah. it somewhere. Throw them away, burn them. <laughs> put, put a lock, put a lock on the yeah. duffel bag with a what coat. The mom's going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> like what's in here guns guns? (laughs) yeah oh my god are these fireworks again what the fuck uh what about put it in a newspaper on the bottom of a box then put like fragile stuff on top be like this is fragile box i got this don't worry about it don't touch it why is it so heavy this isn't crystal this has got batteries in it yeah and why is this vibrating it i hear glass shards this broke already (laughs) why is there a giant dick in this (laughs) <laughs> coming out the bottom it's a whole 12 inches oh no oh no oh no can i have it we have the same one twinsies twinsies one five no i don't uh yeah put it in a fragile box you'll be all right I like that. A fragile box or just a box that your mom's not going to care anything about. Maybe bedding or forks. Nice. Put it in in your pillow. It's one of those zipper ones. Oh, there you go. Yeah, put it in the pillow. You could just also transport it inside you. Maybe. She said she had a lot of sex toys, bro. You know what? You're right. That's probably way too much. That is one the, one sex toy. I'm like, ah. I, I, 
two dildos under each armpit. What's going on? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was uh, the armpit. Or just get a fanny pack. You can get a fanny pack and stuff them all in there. Just tape them to your your, your abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath it. She's like, why are you wearing a pink coat? It's 100 <laughs> degrees. Nothing. <laughs> why are you wearing your Inspector Gadget robe? It's so- not even Halloween. <laughs> uh, go, go, Gadget, hide my dildos. I think we have... Is there anything else? Any other suggestions here? Me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I Craig? Don't know. Oh, the dildos? Yeah. I think I'm done. I think I'm done too. I'm spent. The batteries died on that pleasure toy, so we're moving on. We have reached, Craig, the end of our show. So thank you so much for joining. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I've been a huge fan ever since I found out about your podcast. So it's awesome to be able to talk to you and and uh, hear you talking to me back because it doesn't thank usually you. look like Thanks that. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Where can people find you? What have you got to plug? Tell uh, us everything. Craig P. Conant on all social medias. I'm at uh, House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm looking at my calendar. July 23rd through 26th. If you're not in Arizona, I'm doing a digital show July 21st. It's called Nowhere Comedy Club. I'm going to start promoting that tomorrow morning. Flower, 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 flyer burst. I love flowers too. (laughs) Flyer blast burst. Uh, Anyways, I can't talk so good. So listen to my (laughs) podcast community service and uh yeah craig conant google trader joe's fart comic you'll find me awesome yes yes <laughs> and I'll, I'll have links to all of that stuff below in the show notes so you guys can find them easily you dumb thank dumbs you. thank you all right guys thank you so much we really appreciate you listening and we'll talk at you next week bye-bye pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs>